Hello and welcome to the Midweek Podcast. This is Pastor Cooper and glad you're joining us. Um, the heart behind this podcast is to have another episode styling um, that's a little bit more directed towards expanding on our Sunday messages because we might not have enough time to maybe speak on every part we wanted to. So either myself or Pastor Mark or whoever's maybe speaking that Sunday might have an opportunity to speak a little bit more, but also I think it's a good space to also um, just to comment on our cultural moments and to submit those things under the authority of God's scripture and to just dialogue um, on what's happening and to just have that frame of reference within God's word um, because God's word is king. And so it's happening in the midweek and it's another tool just to encourage um, the church body um, in our discipleship as we know Jesus and live for him daily. And so hopefully you are encouraged by listening to this, maybe challenged or maybe uh, encourages you to ask more questions. We are always up for that as well. So um, here is what is coming up this week for the midweek uh, episode. Well, welcome everyone to our podcast at Teeny Faith Center. This is the midweek and I'm Pastor Mark and I have a very special guest with me today, Sonia Combs. And her and her husband and her family have been a part of Cheney Faith Center for a long time. We're super excited to have her because we've been in our series of messages called Stuck, uh, Not Living in Anxiety, or Living in God's Peace by Not Being Stuck in Anxiety. And um, we've been talking about that and it's super important. Well, Sonia is a licensed professional counselor, has her master's in counseling. And so we're super excited to have her on the midweek today. And she's going to share some things about um, anxiety and just how we can help one another and how we can be free of it, how we can have God's peace in the middle of it. So I'm excited to get to that. But we also want to mention that this podcast is is not meant to be a therapeutic session. You're going to hear some really great stuff from Sonia today, and you've probably been hearing some great stuff in the Word, uh, but that cannot take the place of an actual session with a professional counselor. So we're gonna just be talking in generalities today about anxiety and other mental health issues. And if you find yourself that you're suffering on a regular daily basis with those things, then we really wanna highly encourage you to seek a professional counselor, to talk to someone and to get help. Um, But the things we'll talk about today um, are are not a session. And so don't think of them like that, just think of them as a step to get even healthier wherever you're at. So, Sonia, um, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and your family and maybe how long you've been at Cheney Face Center. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mark. Um, that was a nice intro there. Um, yeah, my husband, Carl, and I have been attending Cheney Face Center for around 20 years or so. Um, we were talking about, I was trying to remember when, when was the first time we were here? Cause we've been here for right. so long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, raised our kids, uh, got to be a part of an amazing youth group when our kids were in that season of life and just had so much fun. Um, and we just love that we get to continue to see this amazing church body, grow and change and just have been so blessed by the amazing work that the leadership and team at Cheney Faith Center have been doing during this really, really challenging time of COVID. Um, 
I feel like the thing that I've appreciated is just having a really strong foundation of leaders that are connected to God and helping us figure out how to navigate that. And so I think this topic of anxiety is a really important practical way that we can just kind of continue that to just, you know, help people have a foundation of how to navigate this very uncertain time that we're experiencing. Yeah, it's very challenging. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about um, why you decided to become a counselor. Um, Yeah. So I had always been one of those people that loved to hear people's stories and to try to kind of figure out like what makes people tick and what's going on with this person and how does this work? And, um, and I got to a point where I love to be a part of the process of praying for people and talking with people, but I always felt like, um, you know, you get to the point where there's only so much you can do because you just don't know enough information about like what this person needs to, to get healthy or to get right. healthy. Yeah. Um, and so I always kind of felt like that stirring in me that I, I know there's more, but I think I'd have to do something to be able to really take that next step to help people practically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, my kids were kind of nearing the end of uh, going to college and um, and I had been praying and I vividly remember I was on the uh, beaches of Priest Lake. And if anybody's ever been to Priest Lake, yeah. you know that it's that'll always incredible. give you motivation, won't it? <laughs> oh, I feel like God just has anointed the Priest Lake area with lots of, of good vibes. Uh, but anyways, I remember being on those beaches and just um, watching a sunset. And I, I felt like the impression that I got from the Holy Spirit was help me set the captives free. And that's always been the thing that's just kind of guided when I get overwhelmed, just kind of coming back to, first of all, I don't set the captives free. It's God. But he does need us to be willing to do that work to figure out how to help people in that. Because sometimes people just don't have the information. I think in our churches, so many people really want to help people, but sometimes they just don't have the information of what's going on. Like, why is this person this way? Or why don't they just change? (laughs) <laughs> um, and what I learned is um, once we understand what's going on, sometimes we really can then be helpful because we know how we can affect change. But if we don't know, we just don't know. So um, so then uh, I figured, well, I guess if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to go back to school. But that was a whole other ballgame because I hadn't been to school for 20 years. So um went ahead and... Um, applied to Eastern uh, Eastern Washington University. They have a great counseling program. Went through that, was fortunate enough to get placed at Lutheran Community Services in Spokane, which was, this was a really interesting thing too. And I want to encourage people that um, when I uh, applied for Lutheran, they specialize in working with people that have experienced trauma, uh, children that have experienced trauma and specifically sexual trauma. And that was not anything I, in my little protective bubble that I created for myself and my family had really had much exposure to. Um, And so I remember them asking me, do you feel like you could do trauma work? And I just said, I have no idea. I've never done it. I don't know. Um, And then I, as I prayed about that afterwards, um, I, I, and I know I've heard this somewhere, but that idea that God will equip you if 
you are willing to do that work. That's um, right. He can equip you. And so mm -hmm. I thought, well, I don't know how I'm going to do. I'm a little scared about this word trauma and even what that means. But what I discovered is I really was equipped well to do trauma work. And I actually really um, enjoy, I guess isn't the right word. I find it very satisfying to help people again, that get to a point where they are stuck. I think stuck is a really good word um, in their healing process. And the cool thing is that uh, through our profession, we have developed good treatment to help people get unstuck that have experienced really difficult trauma. And it is so satisfying to see people that have been in bondage do really hard, difficult work that come out on the other side free and feeling so much victory in their lives. Now it's really hard work, it's really difficult, but it is exciting to see that, that God has given us that ability to be free from those things. Because sometimes I think we just wring our hands and we're like, I don't know, I want to pray about it. I don't know if there's anything that can be done. Um, yeah, prayer right. is a great first step, but there actually are other things we can do to help people get unstuck. So that's super exciting to me. Yeah, that's really exciting. And super important because that's the reason Jesus came. He came to Absolutely. die on the cross and make sure that we didn't have to be stuck yeah. to anything. Yeah. But we also know that this world will have trouble and, mm -hmm. and there are things in our lives that bring about that trouble. And then we have to work our way through it. Yeah. One of the reasons we started this series was because COVID-19 seems to have brought on a whole bunch of anxiety for all of us. Mm -hmm. And it, whether you didn't have any anxiety, now you have a little bit, or you had severe anxiety, now you have more. Like, it just seemed like it, the, the anxiety ground level just like rose a couple floors. And um, I wanted to ask you, let's just start right there. Like, have you noticed mm -hmm. in your counseling profession and other counselors that you talk, have you noticed that uptick and anxiety among the general public? And, and why do you think it's there? Mm -hmm. Oh, not only have I observed it, I have experienced it. Yeah. <laughs> when we were looking at last March, and I, I just remember every week, this frantic, I had not experienced this level of, of anxiety. I don't tend to be a person that is susceptible to high anxiety, um, but I was experiencing it a year ago ongoing for that first month of what are we going to do about this? Oh my gosh, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? Right. Um, so I myself experienced it and I experienced it in the people around me. Uh, I think we were all just scrambling to figure things out. And then of course we've gone through all of our phases um, and now we're kind of in a different phase of anxiety. Um, I think a lot of fatigue, anxiety kind of fatigue as well, which has almost kind of brought about a just apathy sort of thing. But anyways, um, definitely, I think part of what we're experiencing is really natural and normal that this is not something we are used to dealing with. And so anytime you are forced into situations that you don't have experience to help you know what to do, you will naturally experience more anxiety. That, that is normal. What's different about this is we haven't really gotten a chance to go back to a we're trying to figure out what a new normal is, and we're constantly in a state of change. I mean, if you really think about it, we have been so blessed in our 
in our history, I would say really for the last 50 years, I mean, since World War II, I guess, we have not been forced to major uh, changes and instability in our society in America. And now we're talking the world. So I think part of it is we were kind of having to relearn some of the skills that I think some of the older generation just naturally had to learn because their world was a bit more uncertain. Um, And we have been blessed in the last really 50 years with a lot of certainty and predictability. So that became our norm, um, which to be frank for a lot of the world, that isn't their norm. They have developed these uh, skills and abilities to really adapt to uncertainty probably quicker. Um, and they're a little bit more used to that. For us, we've just been blessed that we haven't had to, which has kind of brought about a feeling of, you know, like entitled control. Like we are entitled to have control of our world and people should, things should be this way, you know, and if right. they're not, yeah. it doesn't take us very long to be like, I don't like this. This needs to get back to my control. And so we're really in uncertain times that we have, very limited control over many parts of our life. Again, this isn't just one thing because it's many parts of our life. So that would naturally bring up some anxiety for us. Um, I think uh, anxiety's best friend is depression. Um, And we're seeing a lot, probably just as much depression as anxiety right now. Um, As we start to go back into schools and back into meeting together. Uh, I anticipate we're going to see a real high spike again in anxiety as people, they've been, you know, confined for a while to limited spaces. And now we're going to get back out. Um, So we'll probably, again, experience that spike. I think, however, my hope is that since we've had to kind of practice what to do with anxiety, we may be a little better at it. Um, learning how to kind of adjust to going back to how things are going to be. So I think like any skill, it just takes us a while to get better at it. And so we're getting better at figuring out how to deal with uncertainty. Um, And that's where our faith comes in because I think those of us that are, we have a grounded faith. We understand like this is how it is to live in uncertainty, but we our, our hearts and minds and souls don't have to live in the chaos of the uncertainty around us if we're grounded in Christ and we can use that as our foundation and that certainty. Because right now, quite frankly, sometimes that's all we got. Yeah, that's right. Well, and, and he's all we need as well. Amen. Amen. That's yeah. good. Well, why don't you give us a quick um, short definition of anxiety? And then I'd like you to talk a little bit about um, how the brain is functioning during anxiety. Sure. Yeah. And that's my favorite part. I can geek out about brain and neuroscience <laughs> stuff for a really long time. So I'll try to keep it short. Um, I think what's important to start off is to really distinguish between a normal stress response right. is healthy. Yeah. Part of how God designed us so that we can Uh, make sure that we can adjust and be alert to whatever we need to. And And can actually be a positive. And can be a positive. Exactly. Yep. Yep. It's, it's actually, 
a, a, a response that God has designed for a very important reason. Um, when we're when we're talking about an anxiety disorder, we're talking about when that shifts, when there's a shift from our normal stress response and it turns into an unhealthy stress response. So, so a little bit about the brain. So part of what we have is we have this nervous system that anytime there is a perceived or actual threat, we have this fight or flight. A lot of people have heard of the fight, flight, freeze response. That's just part of our built-in mechanics of our body. Uh, we don't have a lot of control over it, it just happens. So when uh, there's something in our environment that's a possible threat, our brain will automatically go ding, 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 this might be a problem, it sets off its alarm, we call it the fight or flight. And then um, it causes an adrenaline spike, we get increased adrenaline. Our mm -hmm. brain sort of shuts down certain areas and then it becomes hyper-focused on other areas around us. Um, sometimes we'll notice in our body, there'll be certain responses, but all of it is designed to give us a heightened awareness so that we can address whatever might be a threat in our environment. So that's the basis of an, a normal stress response. Um, the reason this is important is because things like, let's say that you're walking down a dark alley in the middle of a city at midnight. Yeah. Um, be, <laughs> we probably wouldn't make it very long if we didn't have any stress response system that did anything but be like, oh, everything's fine. I'm just going to walk down this really dark place that looks really scary, but hey, there's nothing to be worried about. I mean, if we did that, if we had no stress response, we may make really poor decisions um, that would put us in danger. Right. So the stress response spikes, spikes up and says, and you know, okay, is there an uh, alley that might not be as dark as the other ones? And I'm gonna kind of be ready to fight if I need to, or if I need to run away, I'm ready to go. And I've got my cell phone and we might have an increased heart rate. All of those things would be really natural, normal, and would help us to be able to get through our situations safely. Now, the key is a healthy response um, is able to activate when it's needed. And then when you get out of the dark alley and you get home after a little while and you're like thinking about it, I'm like, man, it's a good thing I did that. Wow, glad I'm saved, everything. Your, your body should go back to a state of homeostasis, meaning a state of normal kind of feeling calm, not quite so on edge. And that's really what that's for. Um, what happens for some people is that that <coughs> fight or flight response starts kicking off for all kinds of perceived threats that aren't actually normal in there. So, and when that happens, they, they get stuck and that false alarm keeps going off and it leads to this intense, excessive, persistent worry and fear about everyday situations that actually are not things that are gonna hurt us. But there's like this perceived, oh no, what's gonna happen about this? And the brain doesn't do a real good job of perceiving the difference between an actual threat and something that's not. That's actually something we have to train ourselves to do um, because some people that response we do know that people can have a propensity and be predisposed to a heightened response of anxiety. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them, but it just means they have to be aware that they're going to have to really work at training their brain to understand when it isn't rational and when it is. 
Um, and so, so, yeah, so I'll go ahead. I was just going to say what you're what you're just describing is kind of like a cycle of negativity that you can get stuck in mm-hmm. with anxiety. And then those symptoms, they become daily, maybe even hourly yep. instead of you getting back to a normal state in your regular life. Exactly. Thanks <clears throat> for bringing that back to normal terms. Yeah. 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 Well, also, I remember you and I talking a couple of weeks ago and you were talking about anxiety being also kind of like a huge umbrella mm-hmm. that there are lots of things that get attached to anxiety. You mentioned one a minute ago, depression can sometimes be in there. Um, can you talk about that as well? That, that mm-hmm. those things that get in, you know, attached to anxiety, other symptoms that might lead to anxiety and just um, overall how, how that can um, help us understand a little bit more, about how we might need to to help ourselves think properly. Yeah, so um, anxiety is kind of like this big umbrella that is saying, hey, you have a heightened response that sets off that system again. So you're always kind of in the stress response. It just is going on. And that can be influenced by um, your, what, you know, you're, you're inherited what you're, uh, they call nature versus nurture. So sometimes naturally we'll do that. And sometimes it is things that have happened to you. So people that have been exposed to trauma, whether that is in childhood or recent, what that can do is it can tell the brain, like you can't be safe. So you better stay in this anxious cycle all the time. And you don't understand what's going on. And these are the thing when we talk about people are like, why are they always on edge? And they just blow up all the time. And um, it seems like the little thing will set them off. Sometimes it's because it's as if they are stuck with, if I don't be on alert and ready to fight all the time, something really bad could happen to me. And so that's a big one of trauma is significantly impacted and anxiety they're they're interwoven um sometimes people will have um we call it social phobia so social anxiety and it's a a real fear of being embarrassed or rejected by others in public and again because the brain doesn't distinguish is if this is perceived or real it says like you better not go out because the danger of you feeling bad in front of other people is certain And so you better not do it. And so they really avoid being in social situations. Again, it's not Mm -hmm. that they're people that can't be, but they just develop this fear that keeps them stuck. And then they don't don't get to experience what it's like to be in community because they're so fearful of that. Um, There are specific phobias, you know, there's phobias of snakes or lightning or um, those different kinds of things. Fear, you know. I'm scared of both of those. Okay, well, we got some, we, can, we can do some work later on. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. But I've actually been struck by a rattlesnake. Could that could that past trauma actually okay, be part of my issue? But so this is where it gets complicated because part of you, what you want is you want an extreme response to be aware that you don't want to get bit by a rattlesnake, right? Right, yes. Right? So, so what would be a problem? This is where, again, we talk about like there's good and normal alertness and maybe anxiety that you should have in certain situations. Right. Would so would you problem? say this this is a positive anxiety? If I hear a rattlesnake rattle, 
I'm going to walk the other way instead of walking towards it? Yeah, I would say that is absolutely a positive okay. response. Yes. Right. However, if you said, I love hunting. Hunting is one of the things that brings me so much joy in my life, but I won't do it anymore because I am so afraid that I might hear a rattlesnake and I'm so alert. I can't enjoy it. That's when you would want to seek treatment. So that's where it moves. Ah, right. That was like, it's helpful for you when you hear a rattlesnake or just to be aware if you're, there's going to be rattlesnakes around, but if it kept you from doing the thing that is good, healthy, and positive for you, that's when it becomes a problem. So that's when we shift from healthy anxiety to not healthy. Right. That's good. You, you also mentioned something that I thought was really interesting about positive anxiety in, in relationships. How if, if you see someone and they, they bring up that anxiousness in you, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a neighbor, uh, and or maybe it's someone that um, hurt you in the past. Mm-hmm. That it's the the positive there is God actually wants us to be in good relationship with everyone, and that's an opportunity for us to then work through everything we need to work through to be in right relationship with that person, like God intends us to, if that person will allow. Um, if that person mm-hmm. is still a very dangerous person, then it's just uh, a way to be to be safe. Can you talk about that for a minute too? Just maybe, and maybe any other positives you can think of about how that helps? Um, yeah, I think that is another um, maybe misunderstanding people have about stress and anxiety. Again, um, I really try to help people understand that if you understand what it's trying to help you with, it can become a helper and an advocate for you rather than an adversary that must be avoided. And so negative emotions that you experience, including anxiety, are there if we listen to them to help us kind of check in and see, oh, is this coming up because I need to address something? And I think that really happens in our relationships. So let's say that you had a really hard conversation with a friend and you left it and didn't know kind of how things stood. Um, and then you walk into you walk into church and you see them there like, boom, you probably will experience uh, your heart will start racing and your mind starts racing. You're like, I wonder what you're thinking. And you, know, you get all that stress response again, that if you're listening to that, you can, you can work with it to realize like, oh, I'm having that because uh, I, I understand like that's a, an important person in my life and we haven't resolved things. And so I'm probably going to feel this until I maybe do something. And then right. you think about like, does that mean I need to go talk to them? Does that mean I need to pray some more? Does that mean I'm waiting and I'm really having a hard time, but you're starting to understand that this response isn't necessarily something like, Oh, there's that person. I have to stay away from them or I can't go to church or I can't be around them. It's simply alerting you to, oh, you probably need to take care of something to do with that relationship. Um, and so, so again, God designed that response to help us pay attention to something that we need to address. And I think that's where we can use anxiety to our advantage. People with a little bit higher anxiety responses are really good um, managers 
because they can like see things down the road that might be a problem and like head them off and take care of them. Right. Cause they mm. can already like, Oh, I think about this and this gets me a little bit anxious. We better take care of that. And so they head it oh, off. Yeah. They, they uh, do things before disaster strikes. Um, so I, I think those are typical examples of people that have kind of honed into listening to their own body responses uh, I, I think uh, in law enforcement, it's a really important skill to, to really be aware of when anxiety might be popping up for a certain reason, but they tend to have trained their anxiety. But again, they harness the increase in adrenaline and attention that you get with anxiety. They actually have learned how to harness that so that they can be prepared and aware if there's a circumstance they need to be ready to take care of, um, if we if you if we had law enforcement officers that did not have good attention to their anxiety responses, uh, there would be a lot of problems, right? Yeah, we see those really. They can't think through what's going on. They can be reactive. Um, those kinds of things. So there are lots of scenarios where, again, we're talking about being able to be aware of when we're experiencing anxiety and do some thinking about if we need to do something about it and move forward with it. Right, that sounds really good, which leads into a great question, right? What's, what is the best way to deal with anxiety? You know, if we have high anxiety or even low anxiety that just doesn't seem to be going away, maybe it's cropping up every week or every time I see that person, or what's the best way to deal with it? Just avoid it or learn to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, avoidance is, I'll just tell people this again, a, gener a generality, avoidance leads to higher anxiety and higher negative symptoms. So wow. avoiding is the number one symptom we're looking for, especially in trauma responses, people will try to avoid that increases things because what the brain says is, uh oh, you're not figuring out how to deal with this, I better stay anxious. So wow. it's, a, it's a avoidance is I tell people it's the hardest thing because it's counterintuitive. We, we will intuitively say there's something that makes me anxious. I'll just avoid it. So with your, with the rattlesnake, you know, if you were to just keep saying like, I just need to keep avoiding that rattlesnake, then you don't go hunting. You don't go anywhere and then you miss out on things. So, right. so avoidance is really the number one thing. So uh, I have a, a little thing I like to share with people that seems to stick a little bit to help them. And again, this is just basics, um, but I call it the three C's of anxiety. Is it okay if I share the three C's? Yeah, please do. That can, if you kind of use this model, it can kind of help you figure out how to work through it. So, so first thing to know is the first C is calm the body. So when you are in a highly stressed, anxious, anxiety state, the, um, the connection between the response part of your brain and the rational thinking part of the brain, they're actually cut off. They don't work. So it's going to be really hard oh, to think. Interesting. Rationally. Yeah. If you've ever talked to someone and they're like, I don't know what happened. I just lost control. That's when you disconnect um, from the, the rational consequential uh, action specific part of your brain and you go to complete reaction. If you've ever mm. seen kids throw a tantrum and parents are like trying to talk sense into them and what's going on and their their kids just cannot connect, that's because they have to calm down before right. they can think things through. And it's the same for us. So when you get an anxiety trigger, 
Um, normally, it's going to take about 20 minutes for your body to calm down so that you can think rationally about something. Now, in some situations, we're not going to have the luxury of saying, okay, I'm going to need to take a break real quick and just kind of do some breathing, calm down my heart rate, just let my body relax a little bit, maybe listen to some music, do some things will calm down. What we're trying to do is we're trying to calm down the nervous system so that it's not in threat response anymore so that we can think rationally. And right. when we're triggered with a big anxiety stress response. So the first one is calm down the body. So what that can look like is if you're uh, maybe watching TV and this thing comes on about how horrible all this is and you notice, oh my gosh, I'm getting worked up, probably a good idea would be to shut off the TV, go do something enjoyable, take some deep breaths, just let your whole system figure out I'm not in danger right now. Just right. let yourself react or calm down so you're not reacting. The second thing you want to do then, once you're at a state where you are able to think and you can realize, okay, I can now think a little bit clearly, you want to challenge your thinking. So what that means is you want to check in and if you can do some work, this is where working with therapists can be helpful. They can help you identify what are your automatic thinking patterns you tend to go to because a lot of us have them. Um, you can challenge it. So let's say so that's you, your second C. That's my second C challenge. Second C yeah. is challenge your thinking. Yeah. Okay. Calm the body, okay. challenge your thinking. So when I'm talking challenging, let's say that um, you were watching TV and you saw something on there about getting the vaccine. I'm just gonna say that because that's just what's happening right now. And you notice your heart rate is going up because we're talking about all these negative things and you're like, okay, need to. And so challenge your thinking is simply what are the automatic thoughts that are coming into my mind that are leading to this that may not be helpful. So right. uh, if the thinking is I'm gonna die, okay. Is that true? Yeah, a lot, oftentimes I ask people to consider, is it a true thought and is it helpful? So is it true I'm going to die? And when I say true, not, I feel like it might be true, meaning I have evidence beyond this beautiful doubt that I am going to die. So you right. just want to challenge it a little. And yeah, is getting a shot, like jumping off a cliff, are they the same thing or? Right. So, so could there be some concern? Absolutely. That's rational thinking, but the idea that I'm going to get stuck in this cycle and not think things through and challenge things so that I can help understand my anxiety is trying to tell me this could be dangerous. You better think about it a little bit. That would be a natural, normal stress response. The response of I'm going to die and everyone around me is going to die is going to leave you in a chaotic anxious state. So you just want to challenge your thinking. So challenge it. Is this thought true? And then you want to ask yourself, is this thought helpful? So it could be a true thought. It could very well, there are some things that we have that come in, they are true thoughts. That could be dangerous. That, that, that might be a true thought. Is this helpful for me is what we want to ask. And if it's not helpful, is there a way I could think about this, change this that could be more helpful for me? Yeah. So that's challenging your thinking, which you've been talking about in your message a lot. Right. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it something that's positive for me? Is it moving me towards good relationships with people or is it moving me away from that? 
that's when you're doing that challenging time. And that's a good time to be able to reflect on what am I thinking? Right. And then what's the third C? The third C is confront your fear. This is that idea mm. we just talked about. That's a hard one. Uh, it's the hardest part. That's why it's the last one. It's the hardest but, part. But Sonia, there's a rattlesnake in front of me. I know. How am I supposed to confront that? I confront the fear. So the fear is what would keep you from going hunting. Right. Hunting would mean that you would confront the fear. Right. And you said, I'm going to go hunting even though I know. I've, so let's use that example. I, I'm, I'm, I've calmed down my body thinking about this. I've challenged my thinking. And my thinking might be, I'm going to die because there's a rattlesnake. Well, is that a true statement? Not necessarily. Is there a more helpful way to think about it? Well, I've made sure that I do this, this, and this to right. keep myself safe. This is really something I like to do. Um, I've you know, gone hundreds of times and never seen a snake before. I love if probability. How many yeah. times? the world go hunting and never get bit by a rattlesnake right right so you're challenging that thinking and then you're saying because this is such an important thing to me i'm going to confront the fear and i'm going to go do the thing i'm actually scared to do so that i can reinforce in my brain then that this is something that i don't have to continue to stay stuck in fear about so that's mm. the hardest part that's where the avoidance so Sometimes when I'm working with somebody who might have phobias of snakes, the first thing we do is we bring up pictures and we look at snakes, right? And they'll get their anxiety response and we calm <laughs> the body down and we challenge the thinking, yeah. look at the pictures. And then we might bring in like a, I don't know, a practice, what are, what are those rubber snakes? We're gonna rubber snakes, snake. yeah. right okay. right? It's interesting uh, though, the response still comes up. So what we're trying sure. to help a person realize like, what do I need to challenge? What do I need to confront? Now, here's the deal. We do this if it's causing problems for people. You know, if you, I don't know, if you don't like clowns, it may not be necessary to do all this so that you can go see clowns. I don't right. know. Unless you were to say, my child really wants to go to this thing and there's a clown there and it's going to make me so stressed out that I won't be able to enjoy being there. Then I'd say, well, let's do some work around confronting your fear about clowns. Right. Um, so anyway, so those are the three things oftentimes that we're trying to do. Um, and this is, again, if we're looking at from the mental health perspective of what we know will help a person move towards what's important and meaningful in their life and move towards really what God's called them to. Um, if they're stuck in the negative cycle of this will always be bad. This is never going to get better, and there's no way around this. They will continue to move away from the freedom that Christ has for them in their life. And so... Um, Great. All right, repeat the three C's again real quick. Calm the body. Calm the body. Challenge your thinking. Challenge your thinking. And, and confront your fear. Confront your fears. Great. All right, let's do one more great question that I think is good. Um, what's what's like your biblical advice for someone really? I'm thinking about those those that might be suffering from kind of low-grade anxiety. Maybe they're mm -hmm. kind of more like the general populace right now. 
Um, not not the 10 to 15% that are in real, real high-grade anxiety. Yeah. But those of us that, like, we're just kind of, like we talked about in the beginning, there's just this low-grade anxiety that's right there right now with, with COVID and everything else and having to do life a totally different way. What's what's your biblical advice for, for all of us that are just kind of sitting right there in culture right now? Yeah. And again, I will, I'll let you know, I'm right there with everybody. I am yeah. right there living it with everybody. So here's, I guess what I keep kind of coming back to for myself um, and talking with people about, and a lot of it is really what you shared in your messages around anxiety. Um, I'm not a pastor, so I don't know how to quote things real fast, but I'm going to tell you the lay person thing that I remind myself. So the first thing I remind myself is that None of this is outside the realm of what God can take care of. He Mm -hmm. is ultimately not surprised by anything that's happened. He is able to help bring me through this. He never promised me that I wouldn't experience difficult times, but he did promise me he would be there to help me. And I try to use that last confront the fear to be the thing that I work through each day. So I'm worried about this thing. Okay, probably what I need to do is confront that by saying it out loud, confessing it to Christ, and then asking him to help me um, really be able to live a good day, um, loving others, doing what he's called me to, even though I might have some anxiety and trusting that he will help me get through it. And in this also, um, I don't know the exact scripture, but I know Mark, And he wants us to be lacking nothing. And this is part of that process. So kind of trying to lean into like, this is actually a really incredible time for me to grow and to become more mature. And it's hard because this is not natural for me. So, So just reminding myself that God is here. He is in control. And this is part of living and increasing my faith is learning to trust him. Quite frankly, I didn't have to trust him for a lot before this in a lot of areas of my life. I mean, I don't know. I went shopping and I never worried about whether I was going to get a disease if I or you know, COVID if I went shopping before. I just trusted my own world, how things were going to be. And now I have to lean on him in every circumstance at all the times. And quite frankly, I find that to be a really great practice for me. So again, trying to turn what the enemy would want us to focus on as negative and trying to shift that to a different way of thinking about, wow, God is going to bring us through this and we are going to be a stronger body. We are going to be stronger Christians and it's going to be hard, but he, that's part of how he does his work. So thank you, Lord, that you're going to help me get through this. Um, Absolutely. That's a really great answer. Thank you, Sonia. Yeah. Well, that's about all we have time for today on our podcast of midweek. I want to thank Sonia for joining us. And man, Sonia, that was great, great stuff. I loved your three C's. I loved your ideas about, you know, letting God use us during that, those positive anxiety times and just figuring it out and challenging ourselves and that's really good. And um, that's the point of today. We've been trying to really help all of us learn how to live in God's peace instead of being stuck in anxiety. And 
Well, that's been great. I want to thank you a lot for joining us on the midweek. And um, if you have any other questions, you can obviously email myself, mark at geniefacecenter.org. Love to chat with you. If you if you feel like you just want to reach out to Sonia or another professional counselor, there are resources on our website that you can find at geniefacecenter.org. And then if you want to just email us, we'd always do the best we can. And sometimes maybe you're like, I'm not sure I need a professional counselor. Maybe I could just have a talk with Pastor Mark. He's got a little phobia of snakes. I've got a little phobia of 49ers fans. You could get in a room with me and we could work that phobia out. Just a little humor there to end the day. Uh, thanks for joining us for the midweek. Hope you have a great week yourself and we'll see you next time on the midweek.